Welcome to the Fasting Well Podcast. This is episode number 23, and today I'll be talking about fat. The fat that we eat, also known as dietary fat, the myths around it, some of the fears that people have, and the good and bad versions of fat. So fat, or dietary fat, is a very confusing topic for a lot of people because we hear such mixed messages in the media or the medical field or elsewhere. And people have all these questions like, are you going to get fat if you eat fat? Are you going to have a heart attack if you consume too much fat or too much of a certain type of fat? Are there such things as healthy fats and unhealthy fats, and what are they? So I'm going to try to answer those questions and kind of clear up the confusion today. And I think this is beneficial to, it's beneficial to understand this topic because it'll make you more flexible about your diet and more prepared to optimize your nutrition. It'll help you also be more prepared for fasting. Because when you get clarity around fat and kind of avoid the confusion and the fat phobia, etc., it kind of helps you be more prepared to fast because you're able to use fat as a tool in the right circumstances to boost your ketone levels or for other purposes. So question number one, does eating fat make you fat? If you consume a lot of dietary fat, does it make you gain weight and get fat? Or will it make it so you can't lose weight if you're trying to lose weight? So the shorter answer is no. Eating fat does not make you fat. Now, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, you shouldn't eat too much fat if you're trying to lose weight because it has a lot of calories, basically. So a gram of fat has 9 calories and a gram of carbs or protein has 4 calories. So the same amount of fat, the same amount of volume or weight of fat has more calories. And so it makes kind of intuitive sense that you wouldn't want to eat as much of it if you're trying to lose weight. But here's why that is a limited and kind of inaccurate viewpoint. When you consume dietary fat, it increases your satiety and makes it so you don't want to eat as much later on. So you might be less likely to eat as much food. Also, when you eat fat, your insulin level can stay nice and low. Fat does not raise your insulin level at all the way that carbs do and the way that protein does a little bit. So when you eat fat, your insulin stays low, which means you're still able to access your body fat as an energy storage. You're still able to use those energy stores. And when you consume dietary fat, it actually boosts your metabolism. It speeds up your metabolism, which means you no longer have to do the same, you know, calories in, calories out calculation because you're actually going to be burning more calories overall after you eat this dietary fat. So from a weight gain or weight loss perspective, you have no need to be afraid of dietary fat. And that was one of the eight health myths that I addressed in episode eight of my podcast was about if eating fat makes you fat. And this next question is also one of those myths. The next question is, does saturated fat cause heart disease? If you consume a lot of saturated fat, are you more likely to have a heart attack? So again, if you'd asked me this 10 years ago, after I went through podiatric medical school and PA school, then I would have said yes, because that's basically what we were taught in school, is that people need to limit their saturated fat, because if you consume saturated fat, it'll raise your LDL cholesterol, which is the so-called bad cholesterol, and that that's correlated with having more heart attacks and things like that. Now, recently I've learned better, and I recently saw a really good reference. It's kind of a, it's a review article, and so it kind of looks at all the information out there about saturated fat, more or less, like the previous research and the guidelines and so forth, and they make a few interesting points, and one of their main points is that if you look at all the best research, there's really not any 
compelling evidence that saturated fat increases your risk of heart disease. And so it doesn't make sense to be telling people to limit their saturated fat intake anymore. And yet the government is super slow to catch on to stuff like this, and so is the medical field. They also point out in that article that there are different types of saturated fat, and so depending on the source, you know, that could make a difference. And the three categories that they give are, um, the three examples are unprocessed meat, whole fat dairy, and dark chocolate, and that consuming saturated fat from those sources, the meat and the dairy and the chocolate, there's no evidence that that's harmful. Um, So uh, there may be other sources where that, you know, is a little bit different depending on how it's processed or whatever. But in general, it's pretty safe to say that saturated fat has been exonerated, but most people don't realize that yet. And that includes people in the medical field, like dietitians and even doctors, and certainly the media. Whenever you see a random article on a random website, they're still kind of acting like saturated fat is the devil, even though the latest research suggests the opposite. In fact, in that review article, they pointed out that there's evidence that if you consume more saturated fat, you're less likely to get a stroke, um, which is kind of a type of cardiovascular disease as well because it's usually like a clot in the brain is the most common type of stroke. Um, So saturated fat may be actually protective, may have a net benefit to your health based on the kind of the best available research. So it's a dirty little secret (laughs) that saturated fat does not seem to be bad for you. But society is very slow to change um, around this topic. And there's a lot of vested interests and so forth sometimes in keeping the status quo. Uh, One thing that people run into a lot when they start talking about saturated fat and heart disease is the ideas around um, cholesterol. Cholesterol, like if you get your cholesterol checked by your doctor or something. So usually what you'll be looking at with that is if you consume more fat and more saturated fat in particular, you'll have a higher level of LDL cholesterol, which is the so-called bad cholesterol. And actually in that review article, they pointed out that Consuming saturated fat, if you eat saturated fat, it seems to increase the number of large and fluffy LDL particles that you have, as opposed to the small, dense ones. And the large, fluffy ones do not seem to be harmful. It's the small, dense particles that seem to be to increase your risk of cardiovascular disease. So when you consume you know, more processed food and more sugar, that'll increase the number of small, dense LDL particles. And also, by the way, taking a statin drug... Um, Those are the popular drugs that people take to lower their cholesterol. So like Lipitor, which is atorvastatin, and Crestor, which is rosuvastatin. So any of those statin drugs, those tend to increase the ratio of the small particles to the big ones. So you have more of the small, dense, harmful LDL particles if you take a statin drug. And that's kind of a little-known fact, but Dr. Ben Bickman pointed that out in his book called Why We Get Sick. And another thing he pointed out in there, which I, I just kind of learned about recently, is that probably a better measurement of your whole kind of cholesterol panel and what's healthy and what's not is the um, triglyceride to HDL ratio. So if you have a triglyceride to HDL ratio under about two, then that's actually a better predictor of heart disease than anything else in your lipid panel, in your cholesterol panel. And so triglycerides, for example, if your triglycerides were 100 and your HDL was 50, then you'd have a, a ratio of exactly two triglyceride to HDL. And anything under that would be good. So like I said earlier, most doctors still don't really know about this topic because they didn't learn it in medical school, and so they would have to just hear it somewhere else. And often that takes a long time for them to hear it from enough sources that they start to really think about it. 
and start to change the way that they do things. To put that in perspective, back when I did family practice in 2015 for about a year, when I did cholesterol panels, when I was looking at the results of cholesterol blood tests, um, basically we would just look at the LDL level and maybe the triglyceride level, but mainly the LDL level. And just depending on what that level was, if it was too high, we would prescribe a medication to try to bring it down without really looking at any of the other context or the other details about the type of food they're eating, etc. So knowing what I know now, I definitely would not take that approach. But I think that's still the way that most family practice or most general practitioner um, type medical providers do things. Um, because even though there's better information now, they still don't really know about it. Or at least they haven't fully caught on or fully understood it enough to incorporate it into their practice. Okay, so let's move on from those first two questions about fat making you fat or saturated fat causing heart disease. And the third big topic is what about good fats and bad fats? Are there healthy fats and unhealthy fats? And what are they? Um, Is there such a thing? Um, One of the reasons this is kind of funny is because over the past maybe 15 or 20 years, we've gradually started to hear that phrase, healthy fats, more and more and more. Like if you're reading articles about nutrition or whatever. Um, Before about, maybe about 20 years ago, I don't think anyone was really using that phrase because during the 80s and 90s, the 1980s and 90s, we had all been kind of indoctrinated that fat was just bad for you. You needed to stay away from fat. But then gradually we've started to hear this phrase, healthy fats. And so maybe people are starting to realize like, hmm, I guess there are some types of fat that are good for you. <laughs> but it, it's, it's kind of funny because we're slowly coming out of our fat phobia phase, um, but very slowly. And most people still have a bit of fat phobia. So let's talk about what fats are healthy and which ones are unhealthy, at least a broad overview. I mean, there's a lot of little details you could get into. But as with other types of food, in general, if it's something that's unprocessed, it's probably good for you. (laughs) So when that comes to fat, there are various sources of relatively unprocessed fat. I'm going to borrow an idea from Dr. Ben Bickman, who was on episode 18 of the podcast, and he kind of categorized it like this. He said he's He's a big fan of animal fats and fruit fats. So, of course, animal fats includes things like meat, fish, poultry, eggs, and dairy. And as we discussed a few minutes ago, you don't need to be afraid of the saturated fat that it tends to be high in some of those foods because it's probably not harmful to consume that saturated fat. Um, ideally, you'd want to get your animal foods from things that are raised well, you know, like grass-fed beef and, or at least organic because it has some benefits, you know, like the organic, they're not going to be feeding them stuff that has a bunch of pesticide on it, for example. And then the grass-fed version would have more of certain healthy types of fatty acids, more omega-3 fatty acids. So there are various reasons why that's better. And it's better for the planet, you know, if you get your meat from somewhere that's that does regenerative farming and so forth, which I talked a lot about with Brian Sanders in episode 9. But even if you can't afford that, animal fat is still a reasonably healthy source of fat in general. And and there are different versions of that, obviously. Like beef is a lot different than fish, but both of them have different benefits. Now, what about fruit fat? What do we mean? It's kind of a funny way to say it, right? You don't think of fruit as being fatty, but the fruits that are fatty include avocados, olives, and coconuts. And so, of course, if you eat those straight up, then you're going to get the fat from those. So I I eat a lot of avocados, for example. And avocados and olives have a lot of monounsaturated fat, which seems to be really good for 
heart health, cardiovascular health. And then coconut or the coconut oil has a lot of saturated fat, but it seems to be healthy. And so that's part of the whole story about saturated fat, how you know it's been vilified, but then people are realizing, wait a minute, it seems like coconut oil is really good for you. And coconut oil, um, or coconut in general, I guess, but also the coconut oil has a lot of the shorter, shorter chain fatty acids. And one interesting thing about that is that consuming coconut oil, those shorter chain fatty acids are more able to be turned into ketones more readily than certain other types of fat. Um, and that's also why MCT oil or medium chain triglyceride oil is often made from coconut oil because those short or medium chain triglycerides, which are just the types of fat molecules, those are easier for your body to turn into ketones. And so if you consume coconut oil or MCT oil, you can kind of boost your ketone levels, which is a useful thing to know about when you're fasting or doing a ketogenic diet. Because either before or after a fast, it's kind of a good idea to boost your ketones. And sometimes during a fast by you know taking some extra coconut oil or MCT oil. So it's just kind of a, a good thing to be aware of as well. And uh, some people who have like dementia or Alzheimer's, Sometimes there's at least several kind of case reports, specific individuals or anecdotes that um, started supplementing with coconut oil and saw their symptoms improve in a noticeable way. And that has to do with the increased ketone levels because the ketones are often a very beneficial energy source for the brain that helps the brain work better in certain conditions like dementia or after a brain injury or other things like that. And by the way, I talked about Alzheimer's and how ketones and fasting fit into the prevention and treatment of Alzheimer's in the most recent episode of this podcast. Another healthy source of fat would include nuts and seeds. Um, seed, like whole seeds, not the oil from seeds, because seed oil is kind of another category. Um, when people use the word seed oil, that usually means something different. But just eating nuts and seeds is usually a, a, also a healthy source of fat. So those are some various um, kind of categories of healthy fats in general. Animal fats, fruit fats, nuts and seeds. And of course, some of the oils that come from those fruits, like the olives, avocados, and coconut, as long as they're produced in the right way, like relatively unprocessed, not heated, etc. And so the less processed, the better. That's why you want the extra virgin olive oil or the virgin coconut oil. So if those are some of the healthier fats or some at least some obvious sources of healthy fats and by the way of course there are more uh, just just think of like unprocessed foods if it's something that's unprocessed and it has fat in it it's probably good for you but some of the really unhealthy fats are the following and by the way this is kind of the opposite of maybe what you've heard before um it's the opposite of what i used to think and that's because i used to think that since saturated fat was b- bad for you supposedly then basically you would want to try to eat more unsaturated fat. And so anything that was unsaturated would seem to be good for you based on that logic. But since I've since learned better, and this is one of the key kind of um, topics related to that, and that is vegetable oils, so-called vegetable oils. Vegetable oils are not usually made from vegetables, but it's kind of a clever marketing that they call it that. So that includes soybean oil, canola oil, corn oil, um, sunflower and safflower oil, and there are several others, but the soybean and canola are probably the most common. So generally speaking, these types of oils are really bad for you. And in episode 18 of the podcast, Dr. Bickman talked about this. He, he gave a specific kind of molecular biochemistry kind of explanation about why this is. 
And basically the bottom line is if you consume a lot of it, which humans have never done before, it's only in the past few decades that we're chugging this vegetable oil nonstop. And, and I say that jokingly, but of course it's in so many processed foods that we're actually consuming a lot of it. So it's like this big uncontrolled experiment. Um, so we're consuming a lot of it. It has this omega-6 fatty acid called linoleic acid is the most common one in there, I believe. And basically if you eat a lot of that, it makes your fat cells get bigger and fatter more inflamed, and it leads to insulin resistance. So it's bad news. And that's not even mentioning that when they produce these vegetable oils, they're usually heating them at very high heats, and so the oils are already rancid because they're unsaturated, they're not as heat-stable, and so they become rancid. They also use weird chemicals when they're making them, like these deodorants and solvents and whatnot. And so ultimately, they have a bunch of harmful chemicals in them, and they're causing all this inflammation and insulin resistance. So these kind of oils are in most of the processed foods. If you start looking at ingredient labels, you'll notice that soybean oil is ubiquitous and canola oil is really common as well. You'll also see corn oil sometimes, like in certain types of chips, you know, like Fritos are made with corn oil. So that's the same kind of idea. And part of the reason that all these processed foods have these vegetable oils in them, so-called vegetable oils, is because we've been afraid of saturated fat. So they they got the idea like, well, if we stop using stuff with saturated fat and use these vegetable oils, it'll seem like our food is healthier and people might want to buy it more. So it turns out they had the opposite effect. It made it less healthy, but people probably did want to buy it more. So the marketing worked. Um, Another source of these vegetable oils is if you go to a restaurant and there's anything that's fried or deep fried, like French fries, then they're usually doing that in a big vat of some kind of soybean oil or canola oil, some kind of vegetable oil. and the problem with that is that they heat it, and they reheat it, and they reheat it. And they've, studies have shown that this has a bunch of weird chemicals, and it's a bunch of stuff that's carcinogenic that would increase your risk of cancer from all this deep-fried food. And that's because they're using a type of fat that doesn't respond well to heat, and so it produces more and more kind of toxic byproducts. So that's one really big, significant category of harmful, unhealthy fat is so-called vegetable oils or seed oils. Sometimes they're called seed oils because some of them come from seeds, like the, I believe the canola oil, also the rapeseed oil is another example. So another significant category of unhealthy fat that kind of goes along with the first one a little bit is trans fat. You've probably heard about that. So trans fat means unsaturated fat that then becomes processed, heated, processed in a specific way chemically, so that it kind of changes the shape of the fat molecules. And that's why it's called trans. has to do with the shape of that um, unsaturated fat. So the main thing there is if it goes through a process called hydrogenation, and you'll see this on food labels if you start looking at it, the ingredients will sometimes say partially hydrogenated oil, um, partially hydrogenated vegetable oil or whatever. Um, It's in peanut butter a lot, for example, Um, some kind of hydrogenated something or other. And uh, I've seen it in microwave popcorn, and, and it's also in all the bakery foods, pretty much. Um, so you, you usually don't read the labels on bakery foods, right? You may not, might not even get a label if you just go buy a donut, but donuts have a lot of this. Um, and the same restaurants with their deep frying and so forth, those often end up with trans fat as well. So trans fat is, it tends to increase your risk of heart disease and so forth. Um, it's very unnatural in in. If you're just eating unprocessed foods, you would only get very tiny amounts of trans fat in your diet. Um, So it's something that humans aren't really uh, 
accustomed to and our bodies don't really know how to process it. So it has some different harmful effects. So there, there you go. That's a basic rundown of the um, kind of good fats and bad fats, along with those other kind of questions that we addressed. Okay, so let me see if I can kind of summarize and tie this all together. So people for a long time have been afraid of fat and afraid of certain types of fat, but afraid of fat in general. And it seems like the main reasons are because they're worried it will make them gain weight or get fatter or that the that will cause heart disease and particularly that the saturated fat will cause heart disease. But it turns out that eating more fat typically will not make you gain weight. And it's okay to consume a lot of fat even if you're trying to lose weight for because of various reasons that I explained earlier. And it turns out that saturated fat, there's no good evidence that it causes heart attacks or significantly increases your risk of heart disease. In fact, in some ways, it may be protective, like in decreasing your risk of stroke, for example. There are healthy fat sources, and this is kind of a novel idea because in the 70s, 80s, 90s, we were kind of were told that all the fat was bad. But there are healthy fat sources, and that includes animals, especially if they're well-raised, so the meat, fish, poultry, eggs, dairy. It also includes so-called fruit fats, like the olives, coconut, and um, avocados, and also nuts and seeds. Um, But anything that's pretty unprocessed is probably a fairly healthy source of fat. Very unhealthy sources of fat include so-called vegetable oils and seed oils. And the most common ones are soybean oil and canola oil. If you ever buy a package, if you ever buy a bottle at the store that says vegetable oil, it's usually soybean oil. And those are produced in a way that it results in a lot of oxidized fatty acids, which means it's rancid. um, And they use deodorants and things so that you won't notice. And it has other weird chemicals. And ultimately, it causes your fat cells to get bigger, more inflamed, more insulin resistant, and has a whole bunch of problems. Um, it's really hard to avoid these vegetable oils because they're basically in all the processed foods. If you start kind of being a detective and looking at the ingredients, you'll notice that that they're kind of all over the place. (laughs) Another significant category of unhealthy fat is trans fat, which means uh, they take this unsaturated fat, whether it's a vegetable oil or something else, and they do this chemical process called hydrogenation or partial hydrogenation, which produces this trans fat. It's in a lot of bakery foods, it's in various processed foods, and it's often um, present in you know, restaurants that are doing deep frying and things like that. So if you're using um, a really natural, unprocessed source of fat, it's probably good. But if you're going to get oil or something like that, if you're buying some type of oil, then just try to use the types that, are, that come from the fruits, ideally, but that are relatively unprocessed, like virgin, extra virgin, etc., and the types that are more heat-stable, because the vegetable oil is not very heat-stable, so it tends to get oxidized or rancid. Overall, don't be afraid of fat. Embrace natural sources as part of a healthy diet. All right, so what do you do with this info? Well, look inward, do a little introspection, and ask yourself, do you have fat phobia? <laughs> um, do, are you still afraid of fat, even after hearing all this? Or are you afraid that saturated fat is going to give you a heart attack and so you shouldn't eat any meat, for example, or, or butter or coconut oil? Um, so if you still think that, just kind of do a little introspecting and ask yourself, where did it come from? Where did you learn that? Where did you get that idea? And how can you potentially change that perspective? Because changing that perspective is probably going to result in you being healthier in the long run. A couple other action steps would be 
What's one bad type of fat that's currently in your kitchen or in your diet? If you have any vegetable oil, please throw it away. <laughs> um, but yeah, also think about, you know, is there a certain processed food I'm eating that has a bunch of soybean oil in it, for example, and see if you can avoid that in the future. Um, and what's one good type of fat that you could include more of in your diet, whether that's avocados, nuts, um, coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil, or, you know, even the whole foods, or maybe meat, eggs, you know, whatever it is. Um, kind of pick one thing that would be a healthy source of fat that you could include more of in your diet. And also, since this is a topic that so many people are confused about, and there's so many kind of weird mixed messages about it, please share this episode with someone you know, because the more people that can hear this, the more we get this message out, the more people will be able to help to improve their health in the long run. Quick note, um, in, in some future episodes in the fairly near future, I'm going to be talking more about the ketogenic diet and various foods and things that go into that and what some of the benefits are and how to do it. And so this episode is kind of like a foundational one for that, because just understanding that fat isn't going to kill you <laughs> is kind of important if you would think about doing at some point a low-carb, high-fat diet. So that's kind of coming up down the road, just so you know. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Fasting Well Podcast. The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.